Welcome to the Stewardship Podcast, where your host, financial advisor Andrew Mitchell, talks with industry experts to help you steward your time, talents, and money. Mike, thanks for being on this episode. Yeah, you're welcome, Andrew. My pleasure. So, Mike, why don't you get us started off by just uh, giving us a little bit of your background, your expertise, and uh, how you've gotten to where you've gotten at. Yeah, so um, my background actually originally is in finance. I was in lending for 13 years. Um, That kind of ran its course on me, and I was like, all right, what am I passionate about uh, that, you know, I could see myself doing as as a career, as a business, and that was marketing. Since I was 15, I've been reading marketing books and obsessed with things like late night infomercials to direct mail to, you know, social media. Um, so had an opportunity to explore that further uh, and, you know, started uh, doing some stuff with LinkedIn and then that evolved to somebody asking me if I could apply those same skills on Facebook. And I wasn't sure, but I was like, I could figure it out if, you know, if you want to pay me for my time and, we came to an agreement where they did and um, we just exchanged services. So I figured it out and applied it to their business. And uh, you know, that kind of uh, moved me to my next level. And now we service clients all over the country in various niches, um, helping them use social media to bring in more sales opportunities for their business. Great. I'm pretty sure it's not normal for a 15 year old to be reading marketing books. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's probably not. You know, it was really my grandpa was a, had been an entrepreneur his whole life. He was a, a builder primarily, okay. um, owned his own company. And uh, I went to him and I wanted him to teach me because he owned uh, rentals and he owned uh, yeah. uh, like a 30 unit apartment complex and stuff. And I was like, could you teach me? And he's like, you don't want to get into that business. He kind of just blew me off. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll figure it out myself. So I bought this think it was Russ Whitney was this guy who was an investor and he came out with this like home course and this book on how to do it and I saw it late night on an infomercial I'm like (laughs) there you go I got some money borrowed my grandma's debit card or credit card and ordered that and just started devouring that type of stuff so that's great (laughs) that I feel like that really shows the true passion uh, behind something like that that's that's great um, can you just kind of start us off by giving us just your, your, you know, definition of marketing? What would you consider marketing? Yeah, so that's a great question, right? Because um, I think some people get marketing and sales confused. Mm-hmm. And I think marketing is anything that you're deploying that brings in opportunities for mm-hmm. you then to make sales. Um, so underneath marketing, you know, there's it's a, that can be a, a broad term and they're a big umbrella. And some people are like, well, I'm just going to do a lot of branding. And if I do branding, then people will recognize me and then they'll want to do business with me. Um, some, a little bit of that is true. Uh, but for the most part, um, if you're a small to medium sized business, it's not true. Uh, you really do have to uh, not only get out there so that you can be seen, but you do have to have calls to action and be intentional with asking uh, for the business. Not everyone can be a a Coca-Cola or a Pepsi and have a a billion dollar marketing budget and just know if they put a message out there, you know, people are going to come and and, and buy more product, unfortunately. Yeah. 
so to so to piggyback off of that idea of not having that big budget, um, are there certain cornerstone pieces that every small to medium sized business should be looking at when it comes to their marketing? Yeah, absolutely. So there's uh, a strictly organic side, right, which doesn't require uh, any type of of money. Um, you know, if if you're smart, it just requires this thing, your phone. And I, I'm serious, like we're living yeah. in the day and age. And I tell my clients this all the time in any trainings I give, uh, you know, we're the real world generation. You know, that was the first reality TV show back in 1992. I was 12, but I clearly remember it. And everything since then has made us a bunch of voyeurs and lurkers where we... Mm are watching people and watching businesses uh, from a distance to see, you know, who they are, how they act and all of that. And then when we're comfortable, we will then engage them uh, to purchase a product or to move forward, whatever that, that looks like. And businesses really need to realize that and use that to their advantage. And the way to do that is through video by producing mm -hmm. video content uh, that doesn't have to be a high uh, production value. Literally, you can be with your cell phone explaining your products or explaining your services, sharing your life, right? Like what you do outside of business, out in the community and stuff. And that can be done for free. And that will actually drive business. Mm -hmm. um, if you're talking about going the, the paid route, um, typically people are using some sort of paid uh, advertising, whether that's Facebook, Google Pay-Per-Click, or you know YouTube or some of the other outlets. Um, it really depends on what your price point is in your business and what you're selling at, uh, and then what you, what you hope to accomplish. So to give you an idea, you know, we primarily, most of our clients are in the real estate space. So when you're talking about like an individual agent, they may have a budget of three to hundred, three to $500. You can make that work, uh, at that type of scale, you know, but I have some clients in different industries where, uh, they have a little bit, bigger budget to play with, yeah. you know, you can get a lot more done. Um, but by all means, you don't need, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. For sure. Can you, can you give us some steps if somebody's sitting there thinking, you know, this all sounds great. You know, I'd love to record a video for free or I'd, you know, I've got a few hundred dollars that I want to, or a few thousand dollars maybe even that I want to start putting towards my marketing. What, what steps would you give somebody to kind of start walking through that process of figuring out how do I, how do I figure out what to put out or what to film or what to say? Yeah, great question. So in a perfect world, you would survey the customers that you already have and you'd ask them what their biggest problems are. Mm. And then you'd listen to those responses and then that'll yeah. tell you what to talk about. If for whatever reason, you're not going to go that route, what I'll have every client start off and do, they'll make three videos. They'll make what's called the no video, a like video, and a trust video. Mm. So the no like, the no video talks about your origin, the origin of your business. You know, why, why are you in business? You know, why, how did you come up with the name of your company? What's the backstory there? Were you a single mom and you needed you know, more time and flexibility with your kids, but also needed the ability to not have a ceiling on your income. I don't know, are you a third generation uh, business owner and your grandpa started it and you remember, you know, as a kid going into the business and seeing grandpa interact with, you know, clients and you're like, that's cool. I, I want to do that one day. 
So you're basically just sharing, you know, that story behind that. Then there's the like video. The like video is taking them a little bit deeper into your world. Remember, people are out there, you know, watching from a distance. Yeah. So share something that you're passionate about in your life that doesn't have to necessarily do with business. So I've had clients that have been passionate about uh, animals. One comes to mind, you know, they talked about all the opportunities to rescue animals in their area and how to get involved. Um, you know, I've had people passionate about food, like I'm a little bit of a foodie myself. So, you know, you could go to your favorite restaurant and talk about things that are on the menu and what you yeah. recommend. Maybe you interview uh, the restaurant owner. Um, so that's an idea of a like video is just to go a little bit deeper. And then there's a trust video. This is where you finally get to show your expertise in what you do. Mm -hmm. And everybody knows the top three or four questions that are always going to get asked by every single client. That's typically what I'll recommend they start with in their trust video. Take one or two of those and explain, explain those things, you know, why they're important, why somebody would want to think about that. Ideally, you want your marketing to do 80% of the heavy lifting so that by the time someone comes to you or reaches out to your business, they kind of have an idea what to expect. Yeah. They just need a little bit of reassurance from you and then for you to then lead them uh, to what's going to work best for them. But you can record those three videos and you can put those out there on your Facebook page without having to pay any money. Um, and then I would share them to your personal page because they'll get more reach from there. Okay. Um, but if you want to be savvy and you do got a couple hundred bucks, you could absolutely put a little bit of spend behind them and for, you know, $2, $3 a day. We have some clients that are getting thousands, if not tens of thousands of views on these vi different videos, you know, just exposing their brand to people who otherwise wouldn't know anything about them. Awesome. Those are, those are great takeaways right away. That's, that's good stuff. Um, is there, is there at all a strategy that, you know, after you've made these videos, how to post them on is it just Facebook or would you do LinkedIn or some of the other things as well? Or yeah, talk yeah, us a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd put them on every social platform that you have a presence on or that you yeah. want to have a presence on. Remember it's about consistency too. So yeah. if you're going to take this route, it's not just, I make these three videos and, and that's it. You yeah. want to come up with a content plan. Um, so we'll have clients depending on, you know, time and, and availability um, maps things out. So that could be, you know, you might be an overachiever and come up with a plan where you're posting something every day, or you yeah. may be like some clients and it's like, Hey, I'm just going to do one video a week, but here's every week. This is the topic I'm going to talk about. And then they'll yeah. have, I find it, I find it best for time management to just have a day where you're like, okay, this is the day I record the video. This mm -hmm. is the day I spend a little bit of time editing. And then this is the day that I post it. And people want to see consistency. As far as the strategy with the three videos, absolutely, there's a higher strategy. Um, you can, we'll just stick with Facebook. Sure. But on Facebook, you always want to post it on your business page first. And the reason you want to do that is because if you don't, you won't get access to the data behind the video. And that's what's most important. You want to know one, who's watched it. And two, you want to know how long they've watched it for, because that will let you know, one, is that content that you put out there resonating with people? 
So maybe you should stick in that same thread because most of the people are watching it 50% or more of the video. Um, and then two, uh, because you have access to that data, you can then follow up with those people and provide them additional messaging. So let's say you had you put your no video out there and then you saw that you know you had 100 people watch 50% or more of that video. You know that those 100 people, if they were willing with attention spans today to watch 50% of that video, that they like that topic and more than likely they like you, right, from that. Yeah. So now Facebook will give you uh, the data on the 50 people that have watched that and you can say, hey, Facebook, on their back end, I want to show now this second video to only those 50 people. Hmm. And then those 50 people will see that second video. And then let's say only 25 of them this time watch 50% of that. So now you've whittled down that audience even more. So then now you show that 25 people your trust video. And let's say 15 watch the trust video. You got them. If they've sat through three videos and they've watched more than 50%, they like you and they like what you have to talk about. Now you run a fourth piece in front of them which is some sort of call to action sure. for them to jump on a call with you to discuss your services. Maybe you're selling a product. So finally it's like, you know, we have this product that's on sale, whatever that needs to look like. But yeah, it's all about building audiences and then segmenting those audiences and then presenting your offer to those people who are uh, from the data tell us that they're most interested in you and what you're talking about. For sure. No, that's, yeah, turning that's cold audiences into warm audiences. Mm. Yeah, that's a great, great point of turning the cold into the warm for sure. Um, you mentioned just briefly whether you post one video a week or you post every day. Uh, it's all about consistency. Is there a sweet spot in that consistency as far as it's better to post once a week or it's better to post every day or every other day? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I do. The thought is just got to be consistent so if okay. you're going to commit to every day you gotta you know you gotta do every day yeah. if you're going to uh, commit to hey monday at 4 p.m this is when my videos are posted okay you need to be consistent with that all the data has shown that all the influencers the youtubers the guys the people with big followings on facebook yeah. any social media platform it's all because of consistency it's not necessarily about the content at first but the consistency to build that audience. And then think about social media as like, each platform is like a separate channel, right? Your own TV channel. Mm -hmm. And there's gonna be certain people that like certain channels. So if you figure out, you know, where your audience is on those channels, yeah. ideally that's where you'd wanna be. You know, my clients, for the majority of them, they're not, we're not posting stuff on Pinterest because their clientele isn't necessarily gonna be there, Yeah, but, you know? Facebook and YouTube, absolutely. So, for sure. No, that's good. I want to transition a little bit from talking about just general marketing to talking about marketing through this crisis that we're going mm -hmm. through. And I'm sure there's going to be another one at some point in time where individual businesses are going to go through crisis. Are there are there principles that change as we're going through this stress, kind of this crucible of time, and the the economy is kind of receding a little bit? And there's numbers and stuff to go along with that. But do you have any thoughts about this idea of marketing through a crisis? Yeah, um, I don't, you know, 
I don't, money doesn't disappear, right? It just changes hands. Yeah. Who, who has it. And I think what this last crisis has really shown us is like, it's like uh, the, the tide came in and then the tide came out and a lot of business owners didn't have a presence online or yeah. uh, an, an online strategy. So when their brick and mortar got shut down, they were at the mercy of uh, the crisis. Whereas the clients that had an online presence, um, they were either able to increase business, uh, keep business uh, going at the same pace, um, or even if it was, you know, a little bit less, not be completely crippled uh, because, you know, people couldn't walk into their shop and, yeah. uh, and do business with them. So absolutely. Um, and moving forward, especially with uh, the generations that are coming up behind us, think about that for a second. I think about my daughter, she's nine. Mm-hmm. She's never known a time in her life without some sort of screen, whether it's TV screen, computer yeah. screen. Uh, you know, my wife's got an Apple watch, you know, the, their, their world is screens and they're being conditioned by all these big companies, Amazon, uh, you know, um, what's the ride share Uber, you know, all these yeah. companies, Hey, I turn to my phone first and I go online to find something yeah. before I actually, you know, look in my community and, uh, you know, and try to see what's out there. So I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it is what it is. Sure. So you can either get on that train and take advantage of it, or you can, I guess, dig your heels in and hope you, you know, you, you survive when things like this happen. Yeah. So are you seeing, are you seeing any other trends as far as that goes? I mean, it sounds like people shifting online is a huge trend right now. I've seen the same thing, so I can definitely agree with that. But are you seeing other trends as far as marketing goes uh, during this time? Um, yeah, people are pulling out of traditional media mm. uh, because, so like, what made Amazon so powerful in its first few years is that Jeff Bezos realized that uh, there was a ton of, how would I say this, unappreciated attention on Google pay-per-click. Like mm-hmm. back then, clicks were one cents, two cents, three cents. Sure. Uh, so if you were doing it right, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of profitability there in, in running that. Now that's become a crowded space and it's a lot harder to make those numbers work for a lot of businesses. But the thing is, is Facebook is now at the same point where Google was then where the value of being able to post a video and only pay a cent to three cents to have it shown to somebody, especially a targeted audience that, you know, they're looking for whatever you have to offer. Um, you can't get that with any other medium. You can't get that with TV, not with radio, not with print, not with the billboard. I mean, I tell my clients all the time, uh, you know, that are, that are in the real estate industry, they'll pay $1,500 for a billboard and it'll be in one location and they're at the mercy of whoever goes by that. So whether it's the guy driving to work and he might want to sell his house, but is he going to pull over and write that realtor's phone number down so he doesn't Mm -hmm. forget it? Or is he going to have to hope he remembers it by the time he gets to his office and he doesn't have anything else distracting him? Whereas in social media, you can pay a dollar 
and have that go out, you know, uh, to the equivalent of the same amount of people, but be targeted. These are people that are searching actively for real estate because Facebook yeah. has all this information um, that they can share with you. Uh, and you can put that in front of them and then it won't be just a one-time thing. You can keep going back and back and back and back and back in front of them so that they don't forget about you at one-tenth the cost. So yeah. a lot of businesses are realizing that it's a, it's a no-brainer. So they're shifting their budgets from these other mediums uh, into social media. One thing I've heard from a lot of businesses to kind of to piggyback off of what you were just saying is that a lot of businesses are cutting their marketing budget or they're cutting their sales budget or whatever it is. Um, is this, would you say that this is an opportunity for them to save some costs on their marketing or do you think they should keep the same marketing budget that they have and just do something different with it to be more effective? Yeah, that's a great question. I guess that depends on, what they're doing and if it's sure. working, you know, um, that's how I would approach it. But so when all this hit, we, you know, we had some clients who for rightfully so, you know, they freaked out. They didn't know what was going to happen. So they're like, Hey, I just gotta do nothing until I know no problem. Yeah. Whereas we had other business owners who were like, okay, this is my opportunity to take market share at a much lower cost than what I would normally be paying as people are exiting of the space and being conservative. Um, so in that case, you know, we were looking at what was working best for them. And then that's where they were deploying additional funds. Okay. Um, and I think that that's what, I think that's the, in my opinion, that's the approach you got to take. What are you currently doing and what is bringing you back a return? Everything else cut out. And then the, the, the top three things that are bringing you back a return that's where I would pour uh, the budget into. Awesome. No, that's great. Great information. Um, are you seeing besides, you know, the whole shift towards the internet and all of that, are you seeing other businesses pivot in specific ways or a, a trend there? Yeah, the trend, the pivot really is in the video. Okay. Um, you know, marketing in the past has been primarily dominated by, static images yeah. you know like uh instead of having like a, an insert in your weekly paper you know now it's images on social media so um that transitions over into video because these social media companies they're not really social media companies they're advertising companies and they use social media as their way to get an audience and then be the middleman between advertisers and the audience. And then mm -hmm. they take those products and they put that in front of those eyeballs for a certain price. Well, all those eyeballs have been telling these social media companies for the last probably two or three years that they want more and more video. Okay. So if you have two competitors or you know, two business owners and they're both using social media and one is, you know, they're posting pictures and one is posting videos. The one who's posting videos is going to see a far greater return than the one who's posting images because that social media company, whichever one, they know that their viewers, their audience wants to see video. So they're going to give their audience what they want more of. So some yeah. people, 
they think that within two or three years that if you're still just posting images, you'll just basically be in an echo chamber by yourself and you'll be able to post it, but no one's really going to see it because those social media uh, companies aren't going to organically show that stuff to their audience without you paying for it. Sure. Oh, that's great insight. That's great background information as well, just to know. And I know that I, I've known that the shift is taking place, but I didn't necessarily know mm -hmm. why the shift was taking place. Yeah. That's really good information. Yeah, 88% of all content that's out there that's being consumed is video. Okay. One question that just came to mind as far as video goes, is there a certain length of a video that people should be aiming for as, you know, is there a sweet spot there? Yeah, and that depends on platform too. So Instagram, okay. you can't have more than a, a minute. Okay. Uh, that's just their requirements. Facebook, you're not limited by time, but the numbers uh, and the data all tells us that anywhere from two to three minutes is the optimal time okay. uh, there. And then YouTube, believe it or not, is starting to trend towards longer videos. So five mm -hmm. minutes plus, eight minutes plus, uh, where people are going on YouTube because it's the second largest search engine in the world. Mm -hmm. And they're either looking for things to entertain them or they're looking for, you know, to solve a problem. So longer term videos really uh, play well on that platform. So you can go into in, in depth and really explain your, your product or your service. Yeah, yeah, that's super interesting. Um, I mean, now that we're on the topic of YouTube, is there, you know, obviously we can create those three videos that you were talking about before, post them on social media. Is there a completely different uh, strategy or campaign that you would do through YouTube or would you use those same three videos to get you started there as well? No, yeah, you can use those same three videos. Um, and YouTube offers a similar uh, option. It's called sequencing okay. where um, I'm sure, you know, you've been on YouTube and you're, you're mm -hmm. going to watch the video that you're going to watch and then the ad pops up. Well, two yeah. things about YouTube, as an advertiser, you're not charged unless someone watches 30 seconds or more of that mm. ad. So if they watch 10 seconds and they click off, okay, you just got 10 seconds of free advertising. Interesting. Um, and then secondly, with the sequencing, if, you know, let's say you show them the no video and then they just click right past that and watch the video. Well, the next time they're on YouTube or when they're done with that video and they go to another video, you can have YouTube put the like video in front of them. Okay, yeah. maybe that's the one that hooks them. And then if that one doesn't work, then okay, the next video, they can show the trust video. Yeah. You know, and you can build out those sequences as long as you want. Um, so there's, yeah, there's a lot of different uh, ways to do it. But yeah, that's how I would start. It's definitely with those three pieces of content. Yeah, that's, that's great information, Mike. I think that's really important to know, um, you know, the different platforms that are out there and how the different areas work, uh, whether it's, you know, YouTube and the, the advertisement space or it's Facebook and, and really getting those videos that you talked about earlier out there. I think that's really great information. Do you, do you ever recommend that people run advertisements on YouTube or is it mainly video creation that you're looking at? No, it's both, right? Okay. Um, I, if they have time, it's both, right? Okay. Or if they're going to outsource it, you know, they, whatever agency they're using, they need to be having that conversation with them. Um, yeah. But ideally it's, it's twofold. One, you're growing a channel for your business. 
that permanently houses this content. And then two, you're using paid advertising to grow that audience that way, um, but also to uh, generate whatever it is your business needs, sales, leads, uh, et cetera. Great, great, that's great information. Um, so I wanna take another uh, little bit of a, a transition here and talk about something else that's going on in the world. Um, so we all know with uh, the death of George Floyd and everything that's going on around race in our country, businesses are trying to figure out how to respond to that. And I feel like that falls right into that marketing, cat marketing category that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those people that are either watching or listening, I don't know if you know this, but Mike is not of the same racial background that I am from. Uh, so I thought it'd be great for us to have a little bit of a conversation, just get a little bit of your insight on what companies should be doing around that. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, and I talk with, so I'm of mixed background. My dad is black, my mom is white. Uh, so it's given me an interesting perspective. For sure. When all this has, has gone down and talking with people of all different races, um, and especially people of color, I think that the, the thing that keeps coming up is they're noticing businesses are um, championing, uh, champion, uh, I can't say that word. Um, <laughs> Champion, you know, championing, yeah, yeah, I yeah, can't even now. <laughs> they're getting on board with, you know, the, the conversation that people have been trying to have in, in calling for change. Yeah. Um, but the back room talk about that is, is it going to last or is this, mm -hmm. you know, just a dog and pony show? And For I sure. think businesses really have to be cognizant of that um, and really think long and hard about that. Uh, and, you know, the, the smart ones, they will, you know, they'll be like, yeah, you know, things need to change. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to put out a message or any type of messaging to go along with that, that we can't just talk the talk. We got to walk the walk. For sure. Um, I think that's, I think that's where we're at actually in the world. Um, in Unfortunately, the burden isn't on people of color. The burden is on the businesses who are willing to get alongside that um, and realize the issue and actually, you know, one, put their money where their mouth is, but two, actually follow through. Um, and I have a client who's actually uh, kind of in that, well, he's not directly in that space, but he's being called on by a lot of Fortune 500 companies to help them navigate uh okay. this and um it's good to strategize with him and his marketing plan and how he approaches these bigger businesses and some of the conversations that he has because these are the things that he's talking with c-suite uh executives you know uh about um especially since the companies that he's talking with you know the c-suite is pri primarily uh white people you know yeah. um and he's letting them know that you know, hey, it's great that they want to address this, but, you know, unless there's going to be actionable um, thought and actionable steps behind it, it's, it's not going to mean anything. Um, For sure. I don't think it's going to be, I don't think that it, there's going to be a, a return, not only for the employees um, and the, the customers, but for, uh, you know, the management and the business as well. I think the, yeah. the, the businesses that really 
advantage is not the right word, but it's the only word I can think of. The businesses that want to take advantage of, unfortunately, where we find ourselves at and really uh, make a difference in their communities and have that come back to them in the form of either social capital or, or dollars, yeah. they're going to they're gonna not just walk the walk, but they're going to talk the talk. Yeah, that makes sense. So essentially what I hear you saying is if you're going to make a statement, you've got to be able, you've got to be willing to make a change. Yeah. What protocols, what things are you doing in your business to, uh, you know, to, to, to deal with this head on, whether that looks like, you know, bringing in someone to have a conversation in workshops, uh, with your employees, or, uh, you know, if your business is in a position to, you know, make a donation to an organization, you know, what, you know, what, where is the rubber going to meet the road? Yeah. I think that's what people are looking for today. Everyone's sick of, you know, in general, I mean, of all the talk and there not yeah. being any action on anything. For sure. Yeah. So the follow-up question that I have to that is, you know, if, if I'm a solopreneur um, mm-hmm. and I'm a, a white guy, you know, it seems like there's a big call in that space for people to say something, do something, you know, that's a space where it might be hard for somebody to really be able to say, okay, how are we going to make changes here? Do you have any input on what that individual should do from a marketing standpoint or from a standpoint of, um, you know, just the position that they find themselves in to be able to make a statement or to say something? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think what a great idea would be if you're a solopreneur and you're, uh, you know, you're white is go find, you know, uh, go, go find, you know, either some clients that you have that might be of color or go find uh, a competitor that's of color. Or if it's not a competitor, it's somebody uh, that services the same client as you, but indirectly and open up a dialogue and have a conversation you know, this person that I talked about, my client, uh, they did a podcast and they had on uh, a, do- a, uh, a doctor of counseling, right? That would be a doctor of counseling. He's got his PhD, um, you know, and they were white and my client is black. And, you know, he interviewed this doctor about everything that's going on and not just interviewed him from, you know, what are you seeing in your practice and stuff, but how has this affected you personally? Mm. And that um, podcast is getting a lot of response because one, the conversation was genuine. So kudos to uh, my client and the guy he interviewed that they were willing to be real about it. Um, And then the other thing is they didn't have a spirit of of offense, right? They were unoffendable. It was like, Hey, you're going to tell me how you really feel. I'm going to tell you how I really feel. And we're going to work this through, you know, sure. and that's kind of what took place. And those types of things are powerful. So as a solopreneur, if you can find somebody to, to interview and have that conversation with, I think that is how you, uh, how you give back, how you um, do what you can uh, in, in that space. For sure. No, that's great. That's great advice. Um, as far as having conversations, it seems like as a society, we've kind of lost that art of being able to have a conversation. I know even my wife and I were having a conversation about everything that's going on with race last night. And, you know, just just 
I was just expressing to her how I kind of feel like it's hard as a white guy to step into some of those conversations because you don't want to offend, you don't want to say the wrong thing, whatever it is. Can, you know, as somebody from a different background, can you give a little bit to those people that are just like, "Ah, I don't know that I really want to step into this or I'm afraid to step into it to give them some encouragement to step into those things? Yeah, I would just, I would encourage you to have courage and to open up that dialogue and to, as long as it comes from a place of honor, mm. I'm pretty sure, and I can't speak for everybody, obviously, but I would like to think that 99% of the people out there are going to want to have that conversation. Now, yeah. whether they're at a space emotionally to where they can, they can do that, that's a different um, story. But I wouldn't let this, what is going on and what it seems like the media and like just the way the society likes to make it that... I don't know how to say it, that white people are bad and this is just my own opinion or that they should sure. be uh, scared. No, we're, we're all humans, right? Some of us have darker skin. Some of us have lighter skin. Hmm. You know, we're, we all want the best for our community. We all want the best for our families. Yeah. So if we just honor our neighbor and we approach them out of love and say, hey, I may be really ignorant about this. I haven't experienced, you know, things that you have. Can we talk about that a little? Yeah. And take that conversation up. I mean, worst case, they're going to have a heck of a lot of respect for you. Because I guarantee you that it's the minority that's doing that, not the majority of people for the reasons you talked about. Interesting. And it always seems like it's the minority that we hear about often. Yeah. Um, And and I also kind of pick up a hint of if we enter into those conversations in humility and really seeking to learn something Mm -hmm. out of those that's going to go way better than coming in, especially as a white guy to say, I know what's going on here. I can fix this. Uh, that's not going to work. Right. That never, yeah, I mean, you're married. That never works. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. No, I appreciate, I appreciate you scratching the surface of that conversation with me. And I think it's an important one that we continue to have with the people around us and, um, just the people that we come in contact with to listen, be humble. How do you honor your neighbor? I think that's a great question to ask um, and come from a place of love. I think those are great items to keep in mind in that conversation. Yeah. So Mike, this has been a great conversation. I want to give you the last few uh, sentences and the last few thoughts that you have. Uh, and just include in there, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to find you to get in touch with you? Uh, and we can kind of wrap things up. Yeah, no, thank you. You know, I guess my final comment would be, you know, I try to live my life by what uh, the character of Jesus said in the Bible, and that was love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then he says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yeah. And I think if we really take that uh, that second statement more serious we wouldn't find ourselves in the situation Mm -hmm. that that we're in and um, we'd be able to have a lot more meaningful relationships with the people around us Um, so I would just want to encourage anybody who's watching this or or listening to really take that to heart and think about that and how you might apply that uh, to to your life and then secondly you know if anyone's interested in um, having a strategy call about what you're currently doing and 
you know, exploring social media, uh, you can reach out to me. Uh, my website is kingfamilyconsulting.com. My email is mike at kingfamilyconsulting.com. Uh, we primarily play in the real estate um, and finance space because that's where I was at, but we have clients in other niches. Um, and it doesn't matter if you talk to me or you talk to any agency. My last piece of advice is they should be able to show you things that they're doing for other clients in the results. If you find yourself talking to some an agency and they're not either showing you or they're not willing to show you concrete examples, then you're probably talking to uh, the 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 wrong agency um yeah unfortunately with a lot of things there's good apples and there's bad apples so of course. that would just be my my piece of advice on that great i think uh thank you for wrapping that up mike this has been a great conversation and uh yeah hope everyone enjoys this yeah thanks for having me this is awesome thank you for investing in yourself Remember to connect with us on Facebook by searching The Stewardship Podcast or email us at thestewardshippodcast at gmail.com. Do you have an interest in connecting with Andrew? Find him on LinkedIn or Facebook and make sure to join us for the next episode.